Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And we're going on a little uh, whistle-stop tour around Dot Villa and Ibiza Town this evening to discover where the best hidden gems are, really. Little bars, little places and spaces that maybe you've never heard of. And of course, there can only be one woman that could take me on such a journey, an adventure on a Saturday night. And that is, of course, Rosa from Vino & Co. Welcome. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm really excited to, uh, yeah, be going on this little soiree with you this evening. What's the plan? Here we are in Ibiza town on a hot July night. I mean, uh, as residents, we don't tend to venture in town that often, but this seems like a perfect occasion. Um, we are now at Majorel, newly opened, um, I think last year, to lovely ladies um, up uh, in Dodwila, and they have a beautiful bar like sort of French style, Parisian style bar of end. Nice wines, wines by the glass, cocktails, and little bites to go with it. So, this is where we start off. It seems like a good place to begin, although we almost came a cropper and we're clinging on to each other for dear life to actually get up the ramp in ridiculous high heels. What were we thinking? No, never wear high heels in Dalt Villa. It sounds, seems like a good idea, it seems fancy. Up is a trouble. I don't know how we're going to get down. <laughs> We're probably not, actually. I think um, hopefully they've got a room at Marjorell. It's kind of work roll after all, no? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what could possibly go wrong with us two in our uh, very high heels in the middle of a cobbled street? But um, it depends what happens, really, with these um, these lovely drinks that have just been delivered. What, what have you got there? I'm drinking a Negroni classic Italian bitter to start off today. And uh, yours looks really fancy. It does, actually, and it's got something in it that I've never even heard of, um, a Saint-Germain, which yes. is like a elderflower liqueur. Yes, something French, so can't, can't go wrong with it. And then some cava, and I see some mint in there. It looks really, really tasty. And a bit of agua gas for the uh, extra and very much needed hydration. Um, so Nice twist on the Aperol Spritz, no? Mm. Something different. Something different indeed, and... Um, yeah, I think the night is young. I'm very much looking forward to introducing the lady that owns this place. But before she comes back with some nibbles, tell us a little bit about your time at Vino & Co. How long have you been there now? I've, uh, I've been at Vino & Co. now. This is my 10th year, so 10 years, yes. And my dad, he started the business in 2009 as a, uh, yeah, as a need for himself and my mum, really. Uh, they needed to get some different wines than the wines that were available here on the island. And, yeah, the passion project turned into something really great. And now we work uh, the entire family. Like at, uh, yeah, my sister uh, has joined three years ago. And she's a sommelier. She's had, like, a good uh, 10 years' experience in hospitality in Amsterdam, um, where she worked in quite fancy restaurants and specialized herself in natural wines. And she decided to uh, join uh, our venture three years ago in 2020 when, uh, you know, everybody had sort of enough of the cities. Um, and since then, it's been going really, really well. My dad's been taking a step back. And yeah, we focus on the wines and on a lot of sake as well. Our lady uh, is just delivering Hello. some delicious snacks for us. What have you got there? We've got some smoked sardines with some uh, almonds and then some bread and aioli and some olives marinated. Delicious. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. 
Seems like a good start. It does, actually. It looks um, very Spanish and very delicious and very needed, actually, after a long day of not eating because it's just actually too hot to eat in July. Indeed, indeed. It's all about the tapas right now, isn't it? And eating late. And we're very early here, I have to say. We're the only ones on the terrace at the moment. <laughs> Which is kind of perfect, to be honest with you. Sometimes yeah, setting, yes. <laughs> when you're kind of making a podcast blatantly over the dinner table, it's quite nice to have a little bit of peace and quiet, which is quite rare. Works, uh, works fine for me, indeed. <laughs> so your parents weren't tempted to join you this evening? No, no, no. My parents hide on their, hide on their mountain. No, um, yeah. My, uh, my dad, he's, uh, he, we said it today, it's like our social life is in the shop. You know, you're 10 days, uh, for 10 hours straight, you're, you're at the shop. You have to be selling, you have to be social, you're having a laugh, you're having a glass of wine with people. Um, it's full on service. Uh, so, yeah, um, by the end, of the, uh, the end of the shift, it's time to go home and uh, chill by the pool or outside on the terrace, put your feet up and, uh, yeah, enjoy a good glass of wine. I was going to say that's, um, yeah, pretty good family members to have really always know that you've got, like, a nice little safe haven to go and um, quaff delicious drinks. Exactly, exactly. Well, wine, there's, uh, there's, there's always enough of it, indeed. Mm. And, um, yeah, we try to drink uh, less, but exciting. You know, focus on uh, good bottles and also to learn something. Um, yeah, what better than, you know walking out of work and just grabbing something off the shelves and then cracking it open at home. I get it must be quite habitual though I guess to kind of go home and open a bottle of wine I feel like that's my kind of summer rhythm but I just feel like if I worked in a place as lovely as yours I think I would probably be drinking most days. Uh, you do and we do drink most days I have to say <laughs> it's like it's always a scary moment where you go to the doctor and he's like how many units a week and you're like uh units step bottles like <laughs> no but um, we do find balance because it's just like you know any sort of work at some point you also you just get saturated of it and um, yeah like I say we try to pick a nice bottle go home and enjoy that bottle savor that glass basically um, instead of just needlessly endless endlessly drinking and chugging down wine but as you say it's one of those uh, jobs where it's non-negotiable really you've got to try things and sip things and obviously be present with whoever's wanting to taste things but um yeah I think first world problems and all that. I mean, what a terrible yeah, problem yeah. to have. Yes, indeed. But it's like if you work nightlife, you know, like you can't party along with everybody every, each and every single night. It will kill you. Um, and the same goes for wine. Um, you know, it's really nice to be around it. And of course, you need to have a sip and a glass and a toast with clients. Um, and you have the interest and the taste for it as well. Um, but it is work and you need to stay sharp, you know. And uh, Ibiza is already... Uh, quite a difficult place to to run a business all year long and yeah every year changes as well you need to stay really really sharp <laughs> i'm only just getting started there's only dr drink number one how many drinks are you, have you got planned for me this evening well i've sort of have the feeling that we're going to do two here <laughs> and um our route is then going to take us to um a place that I sort of feel like it's not that hidden um but you didn't know it so then maybe it is uh cheetahs which is our favorite mexican uh joint uh where you can eat amazing tacos but they also make a very mean margarita um so that's uh where we're going to go next and then we can also meet uh andreas and salva who are the lovely owners and have a little laugh with them and 
Then we're going to pass by a newbie. There's a new place in town called... Um, oh, room service. Room service, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, I'll have another sip now. We'll help. <laughs> room service, let's check that out. And since we're then in the street already, uh, it would be rude to not pass by Paradise Lost for one of their signature cocktails. I have literally never been to Paradise Lost. I've been here for a decade, exactly the year that you started Vino and Co. And I've never, I've never been through those doors. So I'm actually like a little bit scared. It's a bit like for me, if it sounds like somewhere that's a bit like Pikes, like you kind of go in and then you never emerge again until about four <laughs> days later. From what I've heard, anyway. So maybe that's just my yeah, preconception of what to expect. It sucks you in, indeed. Like, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I really like the concert, but I also tend to visit like once, twice, three times a year because. Yeah, um, it, it, the cocktails are way too good. Vibe, vibe is way too much fun. Um, actually, at my 30th birthday party in there, that was really good fun. It was a night to remember, although I don't remember much of it. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like a high, highly contradictory sentence. So, yeah, we're going to be having my, uh, my, uh, my, my favorite drink over there, which is called Rosita Mala. Can't help it. It's my drink. Um, yeah, and we had pictures of that, so yeah, dangerous night. <laughs> Amazing. And some very strange-looking pink eggs have just arrived, which I'm slightly intrigued by, slightly scared by as well. They look like sort of fresh out of the new Barbie film. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're Barbie eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Barbie eggs. Amazing. <laughs> be a really good post to make. <laughs> yes, these are actually pickled eggs. Uh, I think they pickled them, I don't know, I think in some hibiscus. Um, could possibly also be beetroot. Um, deviled eggs. Classic, uh, classic little bite. Um, we served them as well in uh, Vinoanco on Friday nights at our winter wine bar, um, which we run from end of October until end of March for the locals. Hola. And Hola. I have to say, they're not they're not the most popular dish. <laughs> I mean, when you said about ordering them, I was a bit like pickled eggs. That sounds very British, actually. And I I once had a run-in with some pickled eels in a bagel in oh, the no. uh, in the East London <laughs> bagel shop, and I was like, Meh. anything pickled these days just um, sends me running for the hills. But it looks delicious. Oh, I love pickles. We pickle a lot. My dad's a, a cereal pickler. He pickles everything. And uh, yeah, the eggs uh, came back last year from uh, a couple of days Paris with my sister, where we had done. We were there for 48 hours and had like. 48 wine bar and restaurant recommendations as well so managed to do quite a few <laughs> um, but yeah pickled eggs was one of these things we saw everywhere and we really enjoyed it as well and decided to serve it and I'm really happy I see it here because this with a sip of a cocktail or a glass of wine is a beautiful beautiful combination the acidity you know combines well with um, with the wine wonderful accoutrement let's um, dive in and pause the podcast while we uh, while we sample these barbie uh Barbie, Barbie snacks. <laughs> we didn't go into the Barbie egg yet. <laughs> How was You're the Barbie egg? It's I didn't really even ask good. You. you like you like the boiled you like a boiled egg, no? It tastes I like love that. A boiled egg. It doesn't taste like pickled or vinegar or. Okay. It's a deviled egg. The fact that she's put an edible flower on there is enticing me slightly. The beauty. The beauty Violet. of Barbie. You can be Ken. I could be. <laughs> a very strange version of Ken. <laughs> very, very modern. <laughs> very, very modern indeed. I've always aspired to be... I mean, did you want to be Barbie or Ken? Did you have Barbie and Ken when you were younger? 
Yes, I did, but I've always been one of these uh, one of these girls that gets dolls, like also a baby born, and like literally within the first three hours of getting it, it already had a moustache painted on it with um, with a marker <laughs> that didn't go off afterwards, and that was like expensive shit at that time, you know, like <laughs> expensive toys. Mm-hmm. And barbers, yeah, they all had their hair cut, and no, I'm not a. It's more of a toy boy. Interesting. I think I definitely have Barbie and a Ken, but it's funny, isn't it, how you're instilled with those stereotypes as a child where you think, you know, my man should look like Ken, basically. Unless he's tall, dark and handsome, I'm just not interested, really. Mm. And I must admit, I, I adhered to that stereotype for my entire life. I only ever fell in love with boys with dark skin, dark eyes, dark hair. That's yeah. it. I could never go out with a blonde, blue no, head. No, I was going to show. Like, I, I mean, it, it sets you up to do exactly the opposite, indeed, mm. because I mm. can't imagine the, like, yeah. Never. Like, like oh, yeah. No. Oh, no. Street boys. It's like, ooh. Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Give me a Latino ne- sex part any day. Really, yeah. <laughs> men. Spanish men, obviously. Yeah. Or, you know, what I do actually have is a dark-haired, brown-eyed boy from Belgium, which is kind of... Handy. It's quite special, indeed. Mm-hmm. Quite unique, I think. But, mm, I don't know. Have, I, I, have you seen Bobby yet? No, I haven't. Like, I, I, I'm always, like, really against hypes, you know? As soon as, like, some something is, like, really hype and everybody's going for it, I, it sort of stops interesting me for some reason, you know? And I'll just sort of feel that... Mm. Then you're... How do you say that? Almost. Um, um, you're sort of biased to uh, when you go and look at it because, or yeah, the expectations are high, and I can only imagine it's going to be disappointing. I don't know. I mean, I've It'll never watched any of the other it. Barbie films. I don't even know if there's been one. Is before, there more but... Barbie films? I have no idea. <laughs> it's there. In my head, this is like Barbie Four or something. I think it's but... going to be fun. Mm. I think That's what be... I mean. I quite like to go with a girlfriend, dress up in a silly pink outfit, and just like go. It'll be and... fun. Yeah, but then, you know, it becomes even more fun because then you obviously want to see it in English, so we'll have to go to Cineregio in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And then we get dressed up in a pink outfit, standing there on the street until you're let in. And fit in like perfectly, the, yeah. with all the other women around us. <laughs> 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 it's like crappy cinema from the 70s, which I have to say is the most beautiful cinema we still have here on the island. Um... It's not, yeah, very luxurious, but it is authentic. Mm. Um, and it's in English, which is also very nice. I've never been to the English cinema in San Antonio. Oh, my God, no. Cineregio. It's like, uh, yeah, it's a um, beautiful old place. And it's, uh, it's family run. The whole family works there. Mm-hmm. And on Tuesday every week, they have a new English movie. And mm. it runs our uh, uh, original language I had heard that so every Tuesday they show the one new movie and they have two sessions one in the afternoon one later in the evening um, in English and then next week it's again a different movie so you have one chance to go and see it Um, and obviously at the afternoon uh, afternoon uh, session there's shitloads of kids Um, I went to see Avatar uh, the last one last year it was special, uh, yeah, it was special. It's nice. But yeah, you go up, it's very tiny, it's very old. The whole family is standing behind the bar, like, doing popcorns and drinks and stuff. And you go in and um, 
yeah, it's, a, it's an authentic experience. I um, can't say it like at any of the other cinemas. You, had, you used to have two beautiful cinemas here in Ibiza mm. town as well. Um, I remember the old retro one um, right in the heart of town. Do you remember that guy that was doing the kind of cinema club? Yes, of course. What is uh, what was that called? Was it, wasn't it like Black Black Door Cinema Club? Am I making yeah, that up? Yeah, yeah. Was that the name of a band? No, no. Back Back Door Cinema Club, but it was Black Door. door? <laughs> Black Door Cinema Club. That was very very cool, and it had these like big like uh, you know comfy chairs indeed. Yeah. No, Truffle popcorn, nice. wine at the bar. Just That's my kind easy, of cinema. You know? Yeah, I'd love to do something like that. Like, mm. I also like, I so miss the bowling alley. I, 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 I love bowling, and it was my most, uh, it was my thing to do in the, in the summer. Uh, after work, go to the Kanmises bowling alley. Which was yeah. the best, and I wish I could take you there. Like we have to go back I didn't time. know it wasn't even open anymore. Oh no, it's it's now it's the Villa Park's uh, part of the hospital of the Rosario Hospital. They've got all the clinics there. Yeah, but COVID, hello. Uh, <laughs> Is that really why it shut down? They closed in COVID. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it was a great functioning uh, place anyway. It was just next to Multicines, and uh, it was a really crappy bowling alley. Um, but it was my hideout in the summer, my where I'd love to go after work, uh, next door to to work. On top of that, beers were two fifty, gin tonics were five euros. Mm-hmm. It was reggaeton, shitty reggaeton on all night, and it was air conditioned mm-hmm. and open until two a.m. <clears throat> I was about to ask you, is it air conditioned? Air conditioned. Mm-hmm. That was my hideout. And in, in winter time, you've got lots of kids parties there in the afternoon, of course, as well, because it also had this like you know play thing next to it and a kitty kitty thing next to it. Um, but in the summer months, it was completely deserted. So I'd go there with a group of friends yeah. and just do beers, 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 yeah. fries, 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 and play mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, games. And it's yeah better pastime in the summer I can't imagine you know do you have to wear those like really cool like retro shoes that was my favorite part of going bowling yes you did you were well <laughs> smelly yeah but it was my like when it was still up and running I was dreaming about taking it over mm. just make a really like, going back to your Ooh. cinema par- uh, cinema black backdoor cinema black door cinema um, fancy bowling you know Cocktails, nice wine. They have that nice in London, snacks. don't they? You dress up and play a few games, good music, DJs, you know, why not? And they do have it in London, and cinema's the same as well. In London, there's super fancy cinemas out there as well, I think. Yeah. Not really sure if really people are waiting for a fancy cinema here. I think maybe it should be something a little bit more local, you know? No, I think Cinema Paradisa does, like the outdoor Big cinema with the bean bags and the truffle popcorn and the drinks. Like, that's, you know, they used to have that at the hub as well. And yeah. For me, this was like the biggest treat in the world in the, in the wintertime to go and do that. But I think maybe not even just a fancy cinema, but just like a really cool cinema a that's a bit cinema, retro yeah. or like with a comfy chair. With a comfy chair, indeed, with good movies and maybe... A little more often in English, because there's such a big, big community here as well, like international community. Once a week, one movie is just not enough. No. I think it would be bigger business as well. Mm. I love to go to the cinema. I'd love to not have to watch a movie if I don't have a TV. You don't have a TV. Told me the other day. No. Love to watch a movie on a big screen. No, but on a quality bit But I wonder why he closed that down. I, I seem to remember him just saying it wasn't making any money, which I find him like, how can that not be true? I really don't know about that. I sort of got the feeling that it wasn't completely licensed either. So 
Mm. I've, I've made it special as well. I love mm. these like little pop-up speakeasies, slightly illegal mm. things. You know. Mm. It was a little bit in, sort of in in the Bronx. It wasn't up in Sapinha, but it was in a sort of slightly salubrious part of town. I think it was like quite near like Calle Aragon or something like that. And it's not really in the Bronx, but it's definitely not like the center center of Ibiza. It's more of a, like a yeah, shopping area and. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, that made it uh, so much more fun as well. I love these. Yeah, mm. this is full of these things. So, you mm. know, speakeasies, pop-ups, little things here and there. Like, yeah. but just stuff to do that. You know, obviously this evening is wonderful. But I like to things like bowling or cinema stop me from going out, sort of eating and drinking all the time, which obviously we love. But you can't do it every night of the week. And you, you, you know, I like to go out a lot when I'm here, and I, I feel like those are quite healthy pastimes rather than always boozing away merrily I love eating and drinking it's my life literally like, um, it's not only my work it's it's my life and it's also what our main focus is in the family um, but at some point it's also nice to have an activity and here I'm not talking about having entertainment at your table which is really nice for people who do like that I absolutely do not enjoy entertainment at a restaurant the magician uh, you know my heart sinks and I probably won't come back anymore Spanish dancing or belly dancing or a fashion show really is also not necessary. Great that there's places for it and people enjoy it, you know, and, but it's not for me. I, I guess people must ask you a lot, like, what is the best hangover cure that, that you know of? Um, have you got any, got any good tips for summer? Um, well, the, the first first rule is always drink water in between. Mm-hmm. I mean, drink water. No matter how much alcohol, how pure, how good you drink it, you have to drink water in between. My trick is to drink uh, also when going to bed, like at least half a bottle if you can, an entire bottle of water. Doesn't mean getting up, but you're hydrated. And a common mistake is that people think you're dehydrated, and that's the hangover. Um, but the, you're having withdrawal symptoms of the alcohol because you have lots of alcohol in your blood, you've got lots of sugar in your blood as well. And when you stop drinking after like a good night out, um, you're having withdrawal symptoms. Your brain is just going, basically. So, yeah. so the best thing is, the best cure to a hangover, the worst hangover ever, an ice cold beer. <laughs> or a shot of tequila, maybe? <laughs> Actually, my friend Sam from the hub always suggests tequila after uh, a big night out, which I was like, tequila? That sounds harsh, but a tequila-based cocktail, I think, is... is yeah, well, yeah, if you, then you take, prepare it, like, make a Bloody Maria then, indeed, you know, and then you've got also like, a little bit of vitamins in it and salt, of course, which is very mm. important, uh, electrolytes. Uh, but yeah, drinking again, hair of the dog. It, it brings your alcohol and sugar levels back up to where you feel slightly normal and not sick. I, I'm a fervent drinker. I'm a good drinker. But I cannot imagine waking up after a long night out and having a shot of tequila. I'm sorry. So maybe not professional enough in that way, but that just that sounds really awful. <laughs> Cold beer, though. I think he meant like more like a margarita <laughs> rather than a shot of tequila. But, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe. Let's ask a. Let's. Uh, this is a question for you know uh, a connoisseur. <laughs> I just remember after TEDx we went out, obviously to the after show party, which was at um, Mikasa. Okay. I had some drinks there, 
and then it was due to finish at like 12 and then suddenly they stopped it at like 10.30 so we were just not quite I mean 12 o'clock and I was actually staying in the hotel and it was like it, everything was perfect party ends at 12 go to bed like a good girl but when it ended at half ten, I think the devil got into all of us. And we were like, no, 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 we're not ready to finish. So we very stupidly got in a taxi and went to the town and went to the Standard. And I don't know, really, yeah, it ended rather late indeed in somebody's suite. Mm. That's where the, the magic day, happens. <laughs> I, I honestly, if I'd have had a gun, I really would have just ended it. It was bad. It felt horrific. And the only thing that fixed me was exactly what you said. But I bumped into Sam. We went to Sabina to have lunch. And I was just like, just in pieces. But they didn't have any tequila or any cocktails. The only thing that was included in the lunch that we were having was like rosé. So I ended up having a couple of glasses of rosé, which did work. I felt I know, absolutely yeah. wonderful after three glasses of wine. level. <laughs> You just yeah you you have to you balance again you know and uh, and continue basically if you can't rest you know then continue yeah. the way you were basically um, that just brings me back to our first meeting um, <laughs> when you came to pick up some wine at the shop um, for for one of your for one of your podcasts and I had just like had an, an all nighter and I'd forgotten that at five p.m. I had a mezcal tasting. Oh. Um, which, you know, without eating all day, because I couldn't eat, couldn't drink either, because I had to work. <laughs> Even in a wine shop, I couldn't do that. <laughs> and I see my stomach was feeling quite, you know, fragile, I have to say. In come the mezcal guys uh, from um, uh, the mezcaleria. Lovely guys, Horacio, love them to bits. Great mezcal as well. Uh, but yeah just yeah guys sitting sitting through like I think it was two hours of mezcal talks and having to smell it and sip it constantly on on an empty stomach it was it was a tough job you know someone's got to do it (laughs) mind you it made you feel so much better mind you I felt so much better also once they left but once they left and I had a bit of mezcal inside me then I felt so much better and I think I went out at night again Oh my god, <laughs> you're an animal, Rosa. <laughs> Ibiza kid, what do we do? Yeah. Oh no, well, exactly. So you've been well trained, well brought up, and well schooled. Yes, indeed. Well, yeah, we moved in. Uh, we moved to Ibiza in 2001, so then I was about uh, yeah, 10 years old, 11 years old. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been the, the spoon, you know? I mean, that's how you learn to live in Ibiza. I have to say, nowadays I barely go out, so. <laughs> Well, as you said, your job is so sociable, you don't need to, don't need to bother, I guess, exactly. in some regards. Well, yeah, the, the party is at work. Hmm? The party is at work, very often. Mm. You must meet yeah. some fascinating people. You do. You do. Fun, especially. I mean, this is what we always say. You're not, you're not going to bank or to the lawyer or to the doctor or anything. You know, we sell, we sell happiness. You don't go angry to the wine store. You might be slightly stressed. You're definitely always leaving happy. That's a good thing. Yeah. Do you only meet happy people? No, but <laughs> try to make them happy. <laughs> I consider it my mission in life to make them happy. <laughs> Crack a joke. Yeah, sell them a nice bottle of wine. Cure their sorrows. <laughs> but you've got like a, a bar there, so you can basically sit there and like have a drink with people as well. Uh, this is um, this is a little bit confusing at our store. We indeed have a professional kitchen and a bar inside our shop, um, but in the summer it's more like my office, um, 
and in it's in the winter that we function as a wine bar. So we we as a family we live here already for 22 three years. Um, and obviously also in the winter and having a business here in Ibiza means keeping it also running and open in the winter it's not just a summer job and the rent is the same in the winter as it is in the summer so gotta keep going and since like we we distribute to a lot of restaurants as well but I guess a good 90% of those restaurants all close down halfway through October, end of October, maybe some continue a few, but not that many. So we have a little bit more time on our hands as well, and it started off as a joke. People were coming anyway on Friday, passing by for a chat and a glass of wine. And we found ourselves continuously crossing the street to buy some baguettes and some ham and, uh, and a dip here and there. And um, we put the kitchen in with the idea that we're all, we all love cooking, we all love food, to do events and stuff like that. And... Yeah, we made a thing out of it. We started off with five little dishes and working the family behind the bar, my mum, my dad and me. Um, and now on winter nights we serve in between 100 and 120 people. Um, and it's real good fun. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't. Uh, we can't do it in the summer. There's A, there's already 1,500 other restaurants open. So there's plenty of choice. Our place is also a bit of uh, more of a city concept a little bit more industrial you know and if you can sit on a beach with a cocktail or with a glass of wine why would you come and stand in our bar in the summer you know yeah. uh, and in the winter you know the locals need to have a place to socialize as well it's really good fun yeah. are there really 1500 restaurants open on this island in the summer i don't know I, I, that's insane i think the last thing i read is that there's like 1580 restaurants here in the oh. in Ibiza. yeah wow but fun the, the, the incredible thing is though that out of whomever you know the percentage is my client 90% of them closed down you know it's really it's a shame it puts obviously stress on us mm. um, but you also really I'm also a little bit lost in the winter of where mm. to go to mm. you know I mean obviously I'm very happy to also stay at home um, <laughs> it's nothing better than you know enjoying your house in the winter time yeah. quiet uh, quiet beaches uh, quiet time at home fireplace but yeah, in the winter I'm a little bit lost. The, the offer for, for lunch or dining out it is a little bit limited. It's getting better every year though. Yeah. And I'm a very big uh, cheerleader for trying to extend uh, the year, the season, or not have seasons. I think also over the last couple of years, especially since COVID, yeah. people have started discovering the winter season. There's lots of hiking going on, yoga, cycling, you know, lots of more the, the marathons, triathlons. It's becoming more of a wellness place. Yeah, it's true. No? Mm. But it would be nice to see, to see more of it. And also more places uh, deciding to stay open, putting their money on it, you know, and trying, trying to make a winter season. There was, I was yesterday reading... Um, Tapas magazine, but there was an article about on on how unsustainable Ibiza is and what sort of steps and measures we should take to make it more sustainable. Because also we had this conversation the other day. Um, you know, if if we start with, for example, a stabilized rent for residents or for people who come to work, um, this gives more training, more stability to people gives incentive to stay open for longer because workers can stay for longer as well. Uh, it gives incentive to 
educate staff more. And therefore, we can provide better services during the summer because in the summer right now we're super strained for services, whether it's taxis, whether it's waiting staff, whether it's police or even doctors here on the island. In the same time, the island is, is, is booming, it's expanding very rapidly and it's going also to not just, and I heard this term for the first time the other day, the just prim, just uh, justified premium class, it's going to exclusive luxury. But also rich people are not crazy. No, they're, they know when they're being fucked as well. Yeah. So what I've been hearing this summer a lot is that, especially the very, very rich, they're staying at home. Why wouldn't you if you're renting like the most gorgeous villa in the world? Yeah. Or off the island, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's taking a private chef because service is shit. You know, I mean, and this is not, you know, uh, uh, it's not an insult, you know, it's it's just, it, it's not as good as it could be. And it's not as good as it should be because for the prices that you're paying, the experience you're expecting yeah. it's just not there and it's putting a lot of strain I think also on restaurants and its owners because they have to change stuff all the time as well there's people who can't live up to it there's people who just don't have the experience the amount of times I've had to show somebody how to open a bottle of wine this year it's just <laughs> mind-blowing and they're work- they're going to be working a season on a busy restaurant floor in Ibiza you know boom this is crazy. So, but it's, what is the secret to opening a, a good bottle of wine, actually? Because I, I have a tendency to cork things as well. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> well, you've got, you've got a very proper way, of course. Um, there's so many openers and things and all things around. I think we should definitely ask my sister to do this because I'm a sake specialist you know we just like have screw caps <laughs> no um, uh, the the first thing is of, of course the right tool a good bottle opener mm. and uh, that's normally the, the normal waiters uh, waiters bottle opener that's the best I very crudely just rip off the manchette of the bottle and quickly open it but I work wine bar where we serve over 100 bottles of wine in the night basically so it needs to go fast and it's not that classy um, but definitely in a high-end restaurant there's a whole etiquette for it you know the the whole show showmanship doesn't really need to show all the time but I do think it is definitely necessary um, to open it in a classy way especially when you're paying 300 400, 1500 euros for a bottle. And I'm not talking like over the top sommelier uh, expertise. Like you don't have to get the, the little machine and the, and, the, and the candle behind it. And uh, it, for me, you don't even have to decant a wine unless it really needs decanting, as it's, you know, otherwise not good. But I believe in having a big glass and aerating a wine by just swirling it again <laughs> not very you know high-end restaurant like but uh, but just to open it properly so it doesn't leak so you're you're not putting it under your arm or in between your legs to pull out the cork it's all fine at home do it with your teeth for my part you know like, <laughs> at a restaurant is that your party trick oh yes my teeth my toes <laughs> your armpit <laughs> I actually have a feeling that one's happened before <laughs> oh, you should try the toilet seat though <laughs> 
Have you seen this video on YouTube? <laughs> no, but I have smacked a wine bottle with a shoe. Oh yeah, you've done that in Benares. <laughs> you've done that one. Well, that's up there with the toilet, though. There's this video on YouTube. <laughs> A couple of Russians or something like that, and they're showing a trick. This is how you open a wine bottle, and they're like smashing it against the basin of the of the, of the loo, and the loo breaks in half. from Majorel, the owner of a wine bar with some tapas. So if you want to if you're in Ibiza and you're in the old town, come and see us. What are you what are you serving up for us here to, to close this little uh, dining experience? <laughs> some classic yerbas from Ibiza, which is a little liqueur with lots of herbs and it's delicious and very good digestive. That was delicious. Thank you, girls. And this is the nicer part. This is, this is stuff like that is like really, really, really a beautiful part of town. I have to say, have you ever had any desire to live in Dalvila? Yes, I mean it's uh, yeah, it's 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 got the nooks and crannies, and you know, it's got the the nightlife. Um, but I think yeah, I moved back to Ibiza to have the. The quality of life, you know. I lived in London before that, and in Barcelona, and there was enough cityscape for me. I came back for, you know, before I moved into the house where I'm currently living, and I'm living on the first floor. Um, I was always saying I cannot imagine living in a flat in Ibiza. <laughs> no, there's you can hold on here as well, maybe. <laughs> We're back on the high heels on the cobbled streets. Are you ready? Hold on to your hats. There is actually a railing, which is very, very fortunate. Otherwise. Uh, I'm sure that we're not the first people to feel like we're kind of Bambi on ice going down to Villa's Cobbled Street. <gasps> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first of many tumbles of my Bound to happen. Almost sprained my ankle. Take a picture instead. <laughs> Still on top of things. <laughs> Still on top of the high heels. It's all good. <laughs> oh dear. It's all going to go horribly wrong tonight. I've only had one drink. Well, and a shot. But, you know, uh, we started as we mean to continue. I can feel... Yes. The shot was for balance. The shot was just for balance. <laughs> Hang on a sec, we're going to go down and round without the rail. Are you ready? You're my rail now. Are you ready? Can I hang on for dear life? Cobblestones and IELTS. And these cobblestones, they've seen, like, they've seen something. They've seen some action, actually. For sure. How many years old is Del Villa? Really, I've got the feeling you should ask your, your friend who just uh, wrote the, the, the audio book you did with. You should ask him that. Actually, that's a, good, that's a good point. <laughs> Benjamin Dunwell. Let's invite him over. Let's. Um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. He'd probably be propping us both up right about now. Definitely medieval. I sort of feel like I should have paid more attention in my uh, school classes. I went to school here and had lots of you know history classes. Only beast never paid much attention. And I should now. And the other day when you told me about Ben... Um, yeah, 
can't wait to read his book and get informed a little bit more about all the history of Ibiza. Pine Tree Island, if anyone wants to get it, it's going to be available in an audiobook very, very soon. <laughs> Made by yours truly. Very excited. <laughs> A little bit of promo in there. In fact, Ben, that was only a tenner. <laughs> I, want, I want to sign books. Why oh are these God, stones so please. shiny? Like, what, what have people been doing on these stones to shine them off to such brilliant shininess? I think it's lots of high heels, for sure. <laughs> or espadrilles. Yeah. Sort of the polish of espadrilles. Yes, definitely. Okay, the dangerous part starts now. Uh, okay, this is really not cool. <laughs> I'm going to go to the wall and be that person that basically grabs on. I'm quite nervous. This is kind of when you sort of almost wish we'd bought our boyfriends. Yes. Not quite. Nearly. Nearly. We can do this. So we're kind of like going down the ramp next to La Bodega and there is a small audience. So if we do come a cropper, it's going to be uh, highly entertaining for the masses. You know what is the worst? We look like tourists. Of course we do. We're like <laughs> I mean, what other absolute knobheads would wear high heels walking down here, living here for more, more than a decade and you've lived here your whole life. You should know better. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. It was your idea. I blame you. <laughs> Locals only? Is that like a new brand that's set up? <laughs> yes. Oh, I follow the resident here. <laughs> I'm, I'm following you, the born and, well, almost born and bred child of the family. I haven't twisted my ankle yet, though. We're not down completely. No, there's still time. There's still time. It's very busy and vibey in Ibiza town, actually. I haven't been out, out, out in town for a really long time. I'm a little bit shocked myself as well. It is very much booming. Everything is full. Okay, I think there could be like a serious celebration that needs to happen at the bottom of this bloody hill. <laughs> okay, three, two, one, we made it! Yay! Oh, no broken legs or ankles. We made it nearly. I caught you there. You might see it online. Small sweat on my brow. <laughs> Just like the relief of not actually having any crippled limbs as yet. But there is still a few cobbles to go. So, yeah, let's see how this one goes. Entering cheetahs. Oh, hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. You want to? Okay. Hello. hello. I just had an angelic voice. <laughs> voice. With, with, with the devil, with the devil horns. Oh. You okay? Hello. Hello. Very nice to meet you. Welcome. And to you, thank you. We are recording a podcast, an inside guide on where to have the best drinks in Ibiza town, okay. and it's cheetahs turn. <laughs> She doesn't know cheetahs. I said, how is it possible? Of course. Absolutely. So, yes. Let's, let's cheat off. Can we, can we grab seats Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Or, you know, let's go two of you. I've been, uh, yeah, just two of us. We're raving about your tacos and margaritas. I'm Andreas uh, from Cheetahs. We've been here for four years, nearly five, and we specialize in like modern Mexican street food cuisine. We make great margaritas, fantastic micheladas, and kick-ass tacos. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Where, where are you from originally? Greece. Okay. Greece. So what brought you here to do this in Avita? Oh, my ex-wife. Huh? <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Not for, Thank God. for the ex. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I was in London. And then uh, I went to Mexico three times for tequila and mezcal. So I love the, the Mexican spirit. 
and uh, and tequila mezcal was always my preferred spirit to drink if I was on an island deserted and I had a choice of one spirit for the rest of my life would be the tequila mezcal and, uh, and that was it so we thought uh, a cool which chiras means cool by the way quechiro in Mexican slang quechiro quechira means cool and we decided with, with my business partner Salva to because we wanted to do a cocktail bar but then uh, Ibiza is not a city that it loves cocktails. It's more like a wine, beer, and you know, mojitos and, and, and daiquiris and caperinas in the summer. And there was missing a, a, a nice little cantina, good value for money, fresh food, uh, experimental vibes, good vibes, and uh, good people to join us. And there we are, four, four, and a, four and a half years after, and I'm going to get you two more margaritas. I mean, por qué no? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Lovely. They were the best, the best. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, what a, what a legend. I can't believe he's, like, running this place and he's from Greece. Yes, indeed. So, like we were saying, here in Ibiza, a Greek can make tacos. And There's not really a good Greek restaurant, though, is there? Like, a bit, uh, Can you name one? I think Ushuaia just opened a Greek restaurant. And I've been saying this absolutely for years, like a Lebanese or something like that here. It's metze, small. This is, like, yeah, a Middle Eastern tapas, no, in the end. Uh, a small table where you get lots of little like small plates and you can just pick and eat olives and a bit of cheese and a bit of no this and a bit of salad and a bit of fish lovely um it has been heard though because this year there has been a boom of uh, middle eastern restaurants opening yeah uh in uh, there's zidja um, on the road uh, to san jose so it's gorgeous as well um well, 1,500 restaurants. There, I mean, impossible to remember them all. Yeah, no, there's even that one, I think, in uh, Camp Martin there. There's the uh, Lebanese there. Yeah, there's... Uh, so, what is it? It's part of Sapunta, I believe. Uh, I think it's called Ginger. It's on the I've not the been. Rooftop. I really want to go. Yeah. That's all? Looks gorgeous. Therefore, it's like Blackpool Illuminations there when you walk past. You walk to the fish shack on a little hike like I did the other night, and I was like, holy crap, what is like... It's like a Christmas tree in the middle of Talamanca, and it's like, oh, yeah, that would be the Lebanese restaurant. Yeah. Oh, it's time for drink number... Four? Is this far? Yeah. Ooh. Well, if you count, if you count the shot. Exactly. Of course, we count the shot. We're counting count everything shot. tonight. Shot doesn't, shot doesn't count. That's just in between. It's <laughs> a palate cleanser, darling. <laughs> Here we go. Best margarita on the island. Bing. <laughs> Number two. They go down a treat. <laughs> Should not forget that water in between. Don't listen to your own advice. Drink water in I'm between. I'm listening to my own advice, like always. So basically in the cool bar, that's what it is. Cheetahs. I, I, I didn't know that either. I you were saying about uh, what tapas means. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, we were saying about how taco is a nice little a nice little snack in between as well, no? or just something to accompany. And I was telling you, tapas, the word originated, um, it comes from tapa, it comes from lid. Um, so it used to be originally, I think, I might be like talking total bullshit right now, but it used to be a piece of bread with something on top that you took, you put on top of your glass or your vessel um, in order to stop the flies or insects going in and that turned into a small plate that you could rest on your glass of beer or wine 
And this is how it became a tapas, small dishes that accompany your drink. Uh, my sister lived in Granada for a while, where tapas are rife. And she'd be calling me, and I'd be living in Barcelona at that time. She'd be calling me like, you don't believe, A, how insanely cheap it is. And when you go to a bar and you order a caña, you just automatically get a tapa with it. Like, it comes with a little dish. She's like, this is ages ones where you get, like, two sushis on top of your glass, you know? And she's like, four beers and you're full. You don't even have to go out for dinner anymore. Tapas. I love that. So we are still at Cheetahs. Cheers! <laughs> Blessed in margarita. What do they say? One, one tequila, two tequila, three tequila. There you go. Boom. <laughs> Taxi. Yeah. We're, we're basically actually not leaving Cheetahs. We, we tried hard, but basically we don't want our high heels to, to march up the mountain another time. I know. I should have known this, though. Cheetahs is where the place uh, it's the place to be. <laughs> You get sucked in at Cheetahs. Best margaritas on the island. Like, I'm literally in seventh heaven right now. And, I um, normally turn the lights off at Cheetahs, so that's <laughs> probably going to do today as well. Lights are off. No high beam. It's over. See you for episode two. <laughs> I think it's going to be a two-parter. Thank you so much for inviting me out tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure, and um, I'm very much... Here's to bar crawls and margaritas and friendship. Indeed, indeed. I think there's a, a beautiful blossoming on the on the first episode of uh, a two-part series that I... Well, maybe even your own series, actually, we've decided. Basically, that's what needs to happen. There needs to be just a drinking series. As long as, with, as it's with you, I can't even speak anymore. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end it here. Thank you so much for listening to us on The Reset Rebel. Drinking cocktails in the Town. Love you. Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel Coming to you every